This is Tales from the Pricks. I'm Matt. I'm Dylan. And uh, today we are talking about Silver Bullet from 1985. Silver Busey. Yeah, I was about to say, we have it written as a, Dylan wrote it as Silver Busey. So, because I mean, like, anytime I've ever brought up this movie, this is, that's like what everybody just immediately, they're like, yeah, that film with the werewolves and Gary Busey. And I was like, that's it. That is this film. So... Stephen um, King is a fucking afterthought. Yeah. Do you see Forefront? <laughs> I think he probably was like, that was the exact guy when I was thinking of Uncle Red. <laughs> like, fuck me, that's him. I wonder if, like, later on, Busey would have been, like, more ideal. Just yeah. absolutely batshit wild. I was about to say, a little after <laughs> years of, uh, I don't know, he kind of was on the top of the world there for a hot minute. I mean, he was in quite a bit of movies. Um, I'm trying to think of when Point Break came out. He was pretty fucking wild in Point yeah, Break. Yeah, he was pretty wild in Point Break. And then he was also wild when he would, like, voice himself on, because he, like, played himself on The Simpsons and he was crazy. Yeah. Um, even though he probably hammed it up and they hammed it up. And oh, yeah. then same thing with that. I can't remember that fucking show where they had a bunch of, like, B-list celebrities make fun of internet videos before, like, the internet. It's like world's dumbest criminals five or some shit like that. Yeah. He would have segments on that and he was just fucking nutty. But my favorite is recently is him on Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Fuck, he looks insane. I bet. (laughs) Like, did a a bit where, like, fucking he comes into a shop and, like, he chucks water in fucking one of the guy's faces and they're like, what the fuck just happened? And then, like, they have to say something stupid. So, like, the guys tell him through, like, the walkie-talkie, like, be like, oh, I said that was Nick Nolte. He looks like Nick Nolte. And then fucking, like, Gary comes, like, storming back in, like, fucking reaching at him. He's like, don't you ever say that again. He's like, I'm sorry. I thought you looked like Nick Nolte. And he fucking loses it. And I was just like, I can't tell if this is him acting or this is just genuinely Gary fucking Busey. Yeah, I was going to say, I do believe they probably have a real-life feud. And that's because they were both born in the same test tube. Like, I feel like, because <laughs> there's no way. They were both scraped out of the same Petri dish. I believe that. Like, yeah. They're oh, yeah. made from the same cultures, but Genuinely, they do look, like, very fucking similar. They do, and they're both fucking, like, really. Gone. Yeah. Nick Nolte is a fucking crazy motherfucker, so. I feel like that dude is, like, old school, like, dad slash fucking, like, early, I don't know, 1940s. Yeah. Just alcoholic. Yeah. I just see that motherfucker slugging back like a whole bottle yeah. every day. There's like that famous uh, like lineup picture of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what he got arrested for, but fuck, he looks rough. He looks like a wickered hat that's just been like, it got like stepped on in the beach and then the water kind of washed it around and then it sat in the sun for a little bit. That's what he looked like. It was rough. It's accurate because Nick Nolte <laughs> is also covered in barnacles. <laughs> he is. <laughs> All right, well, I guess uh, this episode is about Nick Nolte and Gary Busey. So. The blood feud. The, the blood feud. So, yeah, it's a silver bullet. Uh, it's a story that Stephen King wrote, which was originally called Cycle the Werewolf, um, 
which Silver Bullet is a way better. Such a fucking yeah, better title. Yeah, it's such a better title. And Silver Bullet's the, the main character, Marty. It's his wheelchair. He's uh, crippled. And so, <laughs> as they all keep putting it throughout that film, where yeah. it's just like, fuck, just keep throwing it in this poor kid's face. It's like, important to acknowledge that he can't fucking walk. That he can't fucking walk. So, But it's uh, based in a small town. Um they recently have a chain of murders happening, and it turns out that it's a werewolf. And it's a different... This is, like, one of my favorite werewolf movies. Like, I love it. I love the atmosphere. I love the cheesiness of it. Like, I love the guess who aspect. Um, I think it's great. The acting definitely is so questionable. Par. Yeah. <laughs> so far. But, uh, so pretty much, yeah, they're, they're playing a guess who to figure out, uh, what's going on. And Marty and his sister, what was that, Elsa? <laughs> I I honestly fucking Gene. Gene. <laughs> I don't remember what her name was. I it was honestly so fucking like it generic was, and unforgettable. Yeah, or completely forgettable. Excuse well, me. Well, the thing is, they build her up in the beginning, and then she just kind of fucks off for like the good portion of the movie, and then comes back at the end when they're like, "Oh, she knows about like what happened too." And they made her like the narrator for no reason. Yeah. So Weird. and and yeah, she was the narrator instead of who the movie was about. Well, like, good, yeah. I would yeah. I would have loved Busey to be the narrator. That would have been really fucking, been fucking awesome. Wild. <laughs> yeah, that would have been so good. I think they should do that. Like I think they should go through um, it. Yeah, and just take out her audio and just have Gary Busey like talk about it and just I don't know. Make it seem like he's just like just kind of talking about his time on the film. That way, it makes no sense. It's just a bender from like fucking the early eighties. Oh, but doing so much coke in the back of this toilet that fucking I just don't remember a good portion of my life. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, I don't know. So, but yeah, this uh, this film screams eighties. Oh yeah, it's the. The attire, the way everything's set up, the people, the mentality. Um, it was like, so it's obviously meant to be set in the, like, well, it was set in, what did I say it was, 79, I think? I think it was 79, up. yeah. But, like, almost a whole year goes by throughout the <clears> film, so technically it's, like, the 80s. Um, but, like, just in terms of, like, cinematography and shit, like, it just, it feels so tragically 80. Like, yeah. It's... One of those things where, like, you're sitting there watching that film, you're just like, fuck, this is old. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. And, like, a lot of stuff was still super cool, but, like, you really have to look at it kind of appreciating the fact that it's a little campy and a little yeah. generic looking and definitely 80s. Big time. Um, it's really cool and it shines in on some stuff. A lot of the scenes were really cool, even though they were dated as fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why or what purpose that they chose to do it that way. But like, I mean, compared to some of the other films that came out at the time, excuse me, fucking, uh, I don't know. It just seems a little outdated. Yeah, definitely. Even like some of the werewolf effects. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a scene where the Reverend is having a nightmare and everybody in the church turns into a werewolf. And Solid. like the scene is fucking rad. It's super rad, but it reminds you of something that would be kind of in like a, 
80s Hershey's commercial where they're just like, like during Halloween, like if you don't bring Hershey's to the party and all yeah. these people turn into werewolves and shit, it was definitely a lot more dark and like brutal because there's like blood coming out of the piano. And I was going to say, that was like my favorite part of that whole like nightmare sequence yeah. is that fucking lady who's like playing the piano and she like turns into a werewolf and fucking he's like looking around the room and everybody turned to werewolves. He looks over at her and she like reaches backwards and like has her hand way up in the air and like one half on like the piano and is like looking at him what the fuck is this bitch doing yeah that whole scene but it does scream 80s even though it's really fucking cool like um but that's kind of the thing too a lot of the the way this shit was filmed it just yeah a lot of dated stuff so still cool but i wonder if they were trying to do that on like i almost am curious if they tried to do that on purpose because i feel like that's kind of like a it feels like a running theme with like early stephen king films yeah you know they could have honestly now i'm thinking about it that would probably fucking yeah I mean, like, give I mean, them a little bit of credit. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be an interesting take on it, especially if he was kind of like really particular about it feeling like an older film or like yeah. an old story kind of thing. Because like fucking just thinking about it, it seems like, I mean, Carrie, this one, fucking. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say the TV series It and then like obviously not The Shining because Kubrick would have been like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to do this take 500 times. Right, which is interesting because he absolutely despises The Shining and yet he wrote the screenplay for this movie, which I was like, that's yeah. kind of cool that he had a lot of faith even though I didn't recognize the director's name in anything he's ever done. So I was like, I, that's so crazy that he had, you know, what Gary Busey, Corey Haim (laughs) and this fucking no name director. Yeah. They gave him like a lot of faith. I'm assuming he's always been like a best selling author. So maybe when they were like, we're going to make an adaptation out of this film, they were probably like, we're going to give you a good amount and see what it does. And then if you want to do another one, We'll give you way more. Yeah. And really, I feel like it, it really did help because it's written really well. So Yeah, it's not bad. Like, uh, I mean, overall progression of the film and stuff seems like it it goes along solidly. I wouldn't say it's the best, but I mean, no. it, it's pretty decent for like an 80s film. And there's some scenes where you're just like, this is fucking, why is this in this movie? <laughs> like, some of the filler stuff, not like the things that actually like pertain to the story, but... This guy, Daniel Atias, mm-hmm. A-T-T-I-A-S, that's the director. He's done a fuck ton of TV shows. Oh, okay. Episodes of The Walking Dead, oh, True shit. Blood, wow. The Killing, Episodes of It's Always Sunny, um, The Boys. And that's just, like, some of the newer shit. But, I mean, like, he's done, like, a, a fuck ton of TV shows. You know, I mean, direction-wise, it's... It's a good film in that sense too. Like, like I said, I was like, I I feel like where it just felt weak mm-hmm. was just honestly just in some of the acting, like yeah, some of the supporting roles. And I know they were trying to probably capitalize on like getting actual like old town folk looking people to come on there, but they just then, try to get like the generic early 80s redneck yeah and i'm like these people obviously had no acting experience they're kind of just thrown in there so there was just scenes where like 
you would want to see like people's eyes and like or the motions like the fucking dad whose son gets killed like yeah it's just he he was struggling with that and it's like if he could have nailed it it would have been good because obviously you're gonna feel that kind of grief if you saw your fucking kid all chopped up and murdered by a werewolf but yeah but like i don't know what it was about that dad but like the biggest thing that bugged me about him was that he looked like fake like they tried to make him look old yeah and they like made him balding but it literally it's so smooth and clean and for like a film like to see that yeah. shit it looks like they just put a bald cap on him and we're trying desperately to get rid of <laughs> the glare to do that. yeah which is weird because this kid was fucking not that old so why'd you have to try and make him look like an old ass man that's like, my thing like and not only that why did you choose him out of everybody you could have picked literally any one of the old fucks in that yeah, film yeah that's, that's what you're going for yeah so fucking but like Finds his son torn to pieces. As yeah, he torn says. to pieces. <laughs> like, yeah. just starts like fucking moaning into like a violent scream. Yeah, and then he has this like monologue in the bar, fucking. Because yeah, they they start having like one by one, people are getting murdered, and mm-hmm. so it leads up to this boy getting murdered, and that's pretty much like the breaking point for the whole town. They it's the last straw. Yeah, and they like form just pretty much a mob to like go after it. And he does this whole monologue and it like pumps everybody up. And it's funny because the sheriff like comes in and is pretty much just like, you motherfuckers ain't doing this. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. the fucking law and you guys are fucked if like, I'm going to arrest your ass. Like, go home. And then he does this monologue and he's just defeated. He's just like, you know what? Nope. Fuck it. And then he's just like, just let them go, go do their thing. And it's like, nah, dude, you shouldn't let people who are like, bloodlusting running around with fucking guns because I was like they could have just went out and just fucking shot random ass people and then like yeah they could have shot each other on accident like that, dumbasses that I mean too. they were so like panicked in the forest and shit the one part that really confused me though is like that. so it go it initiates that whole sequence and you're watching it and you're like okay cool this is pretty badass and then like those fucking like three or four people die from the werewolf And then it immediately flips into the funeral scene, which turns out to be a dream sequence. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, so how much of it was a dream and how much of it was reality? And then it like just continues on. And then finally, like the fucking sister stumbles into the reverend's fucking garage and then knocks over those cans. And then she finds the dude's bat. Yeah. Oh shit, the story's real. Like. Oh, okay, I guess all of it was real except for the fucking dream sequence. But yeah, like, which is really weird too. Yeah. Because like you said, it shows them like dead and it's like, so they actually died. Mm-hmm. So did they have like this mass funeral service? Maybe they just buried them all one by one. <laughs> like, because yeah, these guys go out in the fucking woods and which is already weird because this mm-hmm. thing has obviously been like killing people in town. Like the second person that died and the third person that died, it but it went right into their fucking homes. Yeah. Like it was like right up in their shit. So, um, for whatever fucking reason, they fuck off into the woods. Like I assume at that point too, they were still thinking it was like a person. Yeah. Um, and so they just go out there, and the fog just continues to get so thick out there. Like, it's, like, spooky, which spooky. I love that. But you're just like, this is just setting up for fucking so much. Failure. Which, if I was chasing something, and I didn't know what I was looking for, and it could be some monster, and I'm going out into the woods, and I'm seeing fog, and it's just getting thicker, I'm getting the fuck out of there. Like, yeah. that's bad vibes. Telltale sign from yeah. the beginning. Cool, I can't see anything. Let me just keep walking deeper into this. Yeah, because not only is it do. 
like a cliche in that shit, but also that was some Silent Hill ass shit. Like yeah. one time I stepped out of my house, I think I was in high school and like the fog was so thick you couldn't even see like a few feet in here and I was like, I'm not fucking leaving this house. Like this shit is fucking scary. Dude, the worst fog that I've ever rolled through. So when I was leaving Kansas and driving back to California, I fucking was like rolling through Colorado and I was literally in between two mountains on this like fucking janky ass freeway and like the fog started rolling in as I started gaining altitude and shit I couldn't fucking see anything and it was like probably like 2 in the morning at this point thank fucking god some good ass Samaritan and like an SUV like put on their fucking hazards and like were going and like had me follow them save my ass I would have to like pull off to the side of whatever was out there at that point yeah so I about to say, yeah, I've been through some shit that was pretty thick before, like, driving-wise, and it was no fun, mm. but, like, I could still kind of, like, see lights in front of me and shit like that, so I, I couldn't imagine, shit. yeah, dude, that's fucking, I would've fucking gave up. Like, literally, <laughs> he, I had to follow him so slow and close that, like, I could barely see his brake lights. Damn. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Nuts, dude. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna die. But that's it, dude, yeah, that shit is just, like, it's unnatural, it, like, not only is it spooky and dangerous... But also, like, kind of fucks with your head a bit. Like, oh, yeah. Not being able to see something in like that, man, that's... Mm, your brain doesn't like that kind of shit, so... Especially now when you're literally on, like, this tiny-ass <clears throat> freeway, like, in between two big-ass, like, mountain ranges. Yeah. Where, like, if you drive off, it's probably going to be a little bit before somebody finds yeah. you. Yeah. Jeez, man, I'm getting chills just thinking about that. Fuck, that's crazy. But yeah, that was wild. <laughs> but yeah, so they just continue going out in this shit, and it starts ambushing them, the werewolf. And that sequence is also really fucking tight. It's mm. it's goofy, but it's also like pretty gory and like it's not too gory. But there's like one scene which is probably the best kill in the whole fucking movie is that dude whose face is like tore half off and his like head pops back up, and you see it. It looks so bad. It's so bad but it was like that kind of bad where you're just like that's fucking rad yeah. like but it's not a good like well like compared to like the fucking uh the first kill no second kill who died first it was the, the first kill was the guy who got his head chopped off yeah so that was that solid. one was solid that Whoop. one was really solid Whoop. that <laughs> one was solid the fucking the girl that was committing suicide that one was pretty solid too and then even the dad that went through the four floorboards and like slammed into that fucking plank. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were just like, we ran out of money. <laughs> we ran out of money. So this guy, because that's the thing, it's cool, but like, it's like, um, it's like a comic book death. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't, you couldn't do back in like the EC comics, like a ton of different color and death. Not that those guys weren't doing fucking detailed shit. Yeah. It was just like the amount of time they were already putting into it. And so like the blood would just be red. So yeah. it'd just be like just a fucking bright ass unrealistic red, which was in a lot of stuff at that time too. But so that's what this whole guy, when his is. face popped up, yeah, it looked like a comic book kill, which I was like, that's what makes it cool, because it's kind of, like, goofy in that sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, but, dude, like, you guys had some solid-ass shit. Like, and that's the thing. Some films, like, I kind of hate when they open up on, like, their most solid kill, and then they're just yeah. kind of like, all right, just a bunch of basic ones after this. Well, like, the worst part of honestly, I do think that first one was the most solid, because, like, literally watching the... So he gets his head chopped off, and then fucking, like, the girl's telling the story about how, like, fucking everybody just thought because he was a drunk, he fell asleep on the train tracks or what have you. Yeah. 
And then you see like this decaying fucking head with ants crawling all over it, and it looks dope. Yeah. And they're just like mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think after that, the only other death was uh, the sheriff. Yeah. And that one was pretty good just because it was just like the graphic. Um, it was just so fucking dumb. Like, it was. Yeah. It, it's funny dumb. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker's turning into a werewolf in front of this cop, and he just pulls out this, like, quarter of a bat and just beats him to death with it. Yeah. And with the lighting and stuff like that, I was like, the death is cool just because, like, the head blows look super realistic. Yeah. But, yeah, this wolf using a bat. Because that's the thing that's so weird about this, like, werewolf is that he's a murderer. He's not, yeah. like, the only one that fucking got it was the kid, which I was just like, the kid got it worse than anybody. Like, he hunted he, that motherfucker Yeah, down. he supposedly hunted this kid down. And, like, they don't show you, obviously, because they're not going to show a fucking child in 1985 because they're weak. But... <laughs> He supposedly, like, tore this kid into fucking pieces, according to his dad. Like, this, yeah. his dad made it very clear that his son was buried in the ground in many pieces. <laughs> and he, I'm trying to think, because, like, they gave a description. He was, like, telling fucking, uh, what's his face? Woody Harrelson-looking kid. Oh, yeah. Was telling him, like, oh, yeah, the reason why I killed that bitch is because fucking she was going to commit suicide. And I saved her soul. But, like... He didn't go into detail about, like, everybody else that he killed. Yeah, what the fuck did this little boy do yeah, that he had to have his like, soul saved? Like, he must have been some dark little motherfucker. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe he was going out in the woods and, like, killing puppies or some shit. And yeah. he saw that and he was just like, you know what? I got to kill this mother. But then why did he go after the crippled boy? Well, because he knew. Oh, yeah. I'm I guess. Soul. Oh, yeah, you're right. Cripples don't go to heaven. I forgot. Cripples don't go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> fuck all you paraplegics. Yeah, you're going to hell. <laughs> no way. That wouldn't understand. That would make sense of why he killed them. He was like mercy killing this poor kid. Yeah, and I don't know what his reason was, but like, yeah, nothing. You know, what's worse than a werewolf is a religious werewolf. Yeah, one that thinks he has like morals and shit, and you're just like, oh. he's better than you. Yeah, when it's a full moon, you just turn to a super strong dog, and you're around and like, <laughs> you're not better than any. You're you're better than anyway because you can fucking easily murder us, but that's it. He's like, better than you because he quotes the Bible. We'll do yeah. It. So, but yeah, that's a uh, the spoiler alert. We should have really been giving you guys spoilers on this film from 1985. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck off. But yeah, they find out. So Marty Corey Haim, he Gary Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> this fucking Gary Busey is probably like the greatest cool uncle because this motherfucker is just like if it's dangerous, I'm gonna let you guys have it. Because yeah. in the beginning of the movie. He argues with his sister about how he feels like she's not letting Marty live his life because he's a... Cripple. Yeah. And <laughs> they're just, like, you know, arguing about it. And I'm just like, it's cool. I understand. Like, if she's just like, you need to go from school to home to, you know, doing this. And, like, she's not letting him express himself. That's fine. But I was like, this kid seems to just be doing whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yeah, all the time. Like, they kind of just let him do his shit. But he wasn't living dangerously enough. So, like, only, yeah. So, Gary Busey shows up and he makes him a fucking, like, hot rod motorcycle wheelchair. Like, one <laughs> that can. He makes him a regular one first. Yeah. With, like, a fucking lawnmower engine and shit. And it gets him around just fine. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what you need, little cripple gimp boy? A whole ass motorcycle. 
fashioned out of a wheelchair. Yeah. And, I mean, this thing can go, like, 70 miles per hour. This kid, no driving experience, is just blowing through town and shit like that. And then when they ask him to make them a bullet, he's just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So he just goes and makes them a fucking bullet. Like... Who and the his, fuck's uncle does that the shit? The best part, too, is that, like, his excuse was like, yeah, my fucking nephew uh, is really into Lone Ranger. Can you make me a silver bullet? And the guy's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And at the end, he's just like, werewolves. Like, yeah. Like, he knew. Like yeah, he knew all Yeah, he's probably shot a werewolf before, God. so. <laughs> I was to say, if he's, like, a master of weapons, he's fought in some mythical creatures before, that's for sure. Turns out he's Van Helsing in the credits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my thing. Fucking, so your old ass knew this whole time that there was a werewolf in town. Fucking, you're just, like, totally cool with making one silver bullet. Fuck you. Make a whole bunch. Why yeah. aren't you prepared? That's you, the you thing. You should have been the first one. And honestly, we were talking about that while we were watching it, because I was like, these cheap asses fucking were cheap on their life. Like, instead of going getting themselves all fucking strapped, because they know a werewolf's coming, they were just like, now we'll get one bullet, because that's yeah. all we can afford. So I looked up silver prices of that year, because I was curious, and silver went up $43. It was $6 an ounce, and then it went to $49 an ounce. So I was like, I get it. Yeah. But Couldn't afford that shit. Yeah, 50 bucks. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit much. So. Yeah, Gary Busey was okay with using your <laughs> silver, but he's not buying himself <laughs> silver. But yeah, fucking Marty, uh, this kid is just, he's really milking the fact that, like... He's crippled. Yeah, he's just, he's milking it. Like, he lets everybody do his thing, so he gets all pissed because people in his town are getting murdered, and his friend got murdered, and he can't see fireworks because they canceled the fucking fair or whatever. And so he's all upset, and so Gary Busey, being fucking rad as hell, buys him fireworks. And so this kid goes out, and he's just like, well, I'm going to sneak out in the middle of the night, even though, like, people are being murdered in my town. <laughs> like, Literally just promised my fucking super cool uncle who just gave me all this shit that I'll stay, like, here at the house. I'm going to sneak out at, like, 3 in the morning to go light off fireworks. Yeah, and so he goes over, and he picks a fucking wooden bridge. I was like, this fucking kid is just asking for it. He snuck out. Nobody knows where the fuck he's at. He's on a wooden bridge setting shit on fire. Like, And then a fucking werewolf shows up, of all the things, too. Yeah. This is why kids are told by their parents not to fucking sneak out at night. Not to do and I hope shit. When, yeah, and I hope when they saw that, they kind of got a little scared and shit. Like, this kid's like, my parents don't fucking know. And it's like, nah, dude, you think you'll be out there? You and your friends will be fucking eating Taco Bell, and a werewolf will show up. Yeah, you're fucked. So you're fucked. You eat there for the Taco Bell. <laughs> but uh, luckily he had a bottle rocket. Well, one of those big-ass bottle rockets. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you could fit that son of a bitch in a bottle, but <laughs> you could probably try if you wanted to. Uh, but yeah, he shot this motherfucker in the eye, and that was pretty much the giveaway. Like, Because you're like, well, now i got to just find this blind motherfucker, and that's the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And so his sister goes around, and it's a really weird scene. She's, like, collecting bottles and cans for her church, and so she's going to each place, like, checking out everybody's fucking eyes, and she's not making it, like, low-key. Like, she goes in the barber shop, and this guy has his face all wrapped up in a hot towel, and she, like, goes up there, and she just starts unwrapping him and being like, you got any cans or bottles? And it was just like... 
girl, but at the same time, I'm like, she's kind of bullying this town. Like, she's going in there, she's staring all of them, like, prison style in the eyes as she, like, walks in. And yeah. then she's just like, y'all got bottles? And they're yeah. just, like, handing her bottles. Like Nobody's even responding to her. It's, like, a really awkward set of scenes. Yeah, and they're just, everybody's so aggressive. And, like, yeah. it's like the director told them, like, hey, we need to really see your eyes because the scene focuses on that. And so everybody's doing that thing where you try and see how wide you can open your eyes like everybody's just doing this weird aggressive wide-eyed stare like like even she's looking for like a specific dude and she like goes into the bar or like the fucking diner i don't know what it is she's like i'm looking for mr robinson has anybody seen him and she like continues down the line of people at this fucking countertop and then he's at the end behind a guy like peering over with his glasses and shit. Yeah. He's making the same fucking face. And just none of them respond. It's yeah. just it's really awkward. Like I wouldn't even say it's unsettling in any way. It's just awkward. Yeah. It's like fucking you're looking at somebody and you say something to them, they just stare back at you. It's, it's like, so oh cool, bad. fuck me, right? Yeah. So I kind of feel bad at that because but I mean she was trying to punk people, so true. Everybody's doing their shit. Fucking but... Bottles, homie. And I was like, I know it was trying to display, like, this town being, like, totally on edge and everybody not knowing, like, who's who and, like, her kind of, you know, obviously playing into that, too. But, yeah, it's a it's a very awkward, weird scene. And so, yeah, she ends up going back to the church and, lo and behold, the reverend's got a uh, missing, yeah, missing his eye. And then that's where she finds the bat. And it's just like, why would he keep... The yeah. bat of somebody he murdered. Why like, wouldn't he just leave that shit in the woods? That's like such yeah. a. He literally killed the guy in the middle of nowhere, beating him to death with his own fucking bat. It was just like, this is a pretty cool souvenir. Yeah, right? I like to think that he, like, woke up naked, like, in the woods, and this dude just next to him fucking bashed to death and tore apart. And then he's just like, oh, we can still use this wood at the church. And he, like, picks up the bed and leaves. So. Jesus needs a new cross. Yeah, Jesus does need a new. He's going to go fasten himself a new cross out of that so i just never got around to it so so yeah it's a kind of hard to convince the town that their beloved reverend is also a werewolf who's murdering people and so they kind of struggle with that and i was like i guess it helps to have a crazy uncle in that situation because honestly they would have just ended up fucking murked like it helps to have a gary Busey in that situation it helps to have a gary Busey. yeah if you have werewolf problems he's like gary Busey. he should be an authority on werewolves God, he would be such a great authority on werewolves. I think he would be perfect. Could you imagine just trying to have a conversation with that man? Fucking, he just starts <laughs> bringing up werewolves. Like, yeah. it's the realest shit he's ever seen. I feel like it'd be, like, akin to, like, talking to, like, Bigfoot discoveries. Yeah, one of those things. I've seen it. I swear to God, I've got shit in a jar and <laughs> Bigfoots. Like, cool, man. I have a feeling he would, like, mix them up a little bit. And so he'd be like, I've seen a werewolf before. He'd be like, they used to bury them in tombs yeah. in Egypt. Yeah. And they wrapped them up. And it's like, oh, no, no, uncle, that's a, that's a, mummy. That's a mummy. And he was like, I've seen a werewolf. Damn it, don't tell me. <laughs> It's like they live in Transylvania in a castle. (laughs) Werewolf castle. I don't know why, but immediately when you first said that, like he starts mixing them up, I thought you meant he was like going to start mixing up all his movies. He's like talking about how fucking they need to catch Patrick Swayze. (laughs) He's like convinced. (laughs) That would have been tight if he would have showed up. uh, 
Is it Black Sheep or Tommy Boy? Which one is it? I think it's Black, Black Sheep. Sheep. Yeah. yeah, he's like that Rambo dude. He's the fucking dude. Yeah. That'd be tight if you would have rolled up fucking ready to fight that werewolf. <laughs> just done up in that shit. Like, yeah. On some fucking Stallone shit where he's just like, I want to go fucking kill this thing. That would have been tight, actually. I'm that not going to lie. I would have actually been super into that. I'm, so. one, I'm trying to like piece together. So you said that Gary Busey was in an accident and that's mm-hmm. why his brain's all fucking yeah. mush. I'm trying to discern like all of his different movies in my head when it got the worst. That's the thing. Cause before the accident, he did that buddy Holly biopic uh, and he did a really great job in that. He actually yeah. played the guitar and sang himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was a talented musician. Supposedly he was like a year away from graduating from college and he dropped out to pursue. Um, I think it was acting, not music. Um, but yeah, he got into this fucking terrible motorcycle accident. He wasn't wearing a helmet. And I guess it was so bad that like his son had to pretty much teach him how to speak again. And it seemed like he got in a bad shape. Um, and so after that... 1978. Yeah. That's the Buddy Holly one? Yeah, Buddy Holly yeah. story. So I think it was like... I swear, it was like a few years before he did Silver Bullet is when he had his accident. It had to have been. Yeah. But, yeah, he, you know, he fucking went through all that shit, and then they had to fucking, you know, he had to get back up on his feet, and he started doing acting, and just he hit it with this character that he kind of created, because there's a couple people, I was actually just, like, browsing through my phone, looking at some shit, just trying to, like, figure out some facts about him, and there was this guy who told a story, because he knew his son, Mm-hmm. And so he was just like, yeah, he was like, we knew him and he, you know, he was like, my dad's a great guy. Um, he does play it up a bit just because that's how he got his roles was that he had to be fucking crazy. Yeah. And I feel that like I couldn't imagine trying to like make my break in acting, having something like that happen and then having to come back and kind of just like do it all over again. But also like having to fix around the fact that like you're a little slow. Like he obviously like it scrambled his brains. Like he's he's a little off, he's a little slow, he's a little fucking distant. It, like it, it made him normal. It made him normal, yeah. It made him into a superhuman. Yeah, but there is no other Busey before no. psychotic Busey. Yeah, he became a one of a kind, like once that happened. But yeah, so people, you know, instead of being like, this guy's a little weird, like in that sense, like he came in with so much that they were just like, this guy's a little weird, like, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of cool, but he told a story about a meet and greet they did, and they kind of went up into a hotel room where everybody was like a VIP meet and greet, mm-hmm. and so there was food there, and I guess they had this spread of ice cream, like all different kinds of ice cream, and they said Gary Busey came into the room, went and grabbed the entire fucking bowl of ice cream that was supposed to be for like everybody to share out of, and they were like, it was chocolate ice cream, and they were like, and then he just fucked off. He didn't even stop to take pictures or like do autographs. He just stole this bowl of ice cream, left to it back to his room. <laughs> that sounds accurate. Yeah, so... If somebody was like no that didn't really happen i'd be like no it did yeah come on that's the thing it's one of those things where like i could have totally bullshitted that story and i would have been like i believe it you know the worst thing is that like what's that bill murray shit where bill murray like goes around like does oh, shit yeah. and fucks with <laughs> random people and he like flat out tells them like fucking nobody's ever gonna nobody's believe ever you. gonna believe this. nobody's gonna fucking believe this no Gary Busey shows up it's like it could be the most asinine thing in the <laughs> fucking world and i'd be like 
Yeah, I'd that be like, sounds like Busey. Yeah, I think he would have done that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's uh, that's just you know, it's crazy on his thing, and it kind of sucks because he was playing a gimmick and people were in love with it and they loved that character. And then as the spotlight started to switch away from him, he started to just kind of turn into a, a bit of a fucking. Because I think in 1999 was when he got arrested for beating his, I don't know if she was a girlfriend or wife at the time, but they got into an altercation. I didn't look too much into it, so I'm not too sure if it was like a full-blown like beating or if he just struck her. Mm. Um, I'm not defending Gary Busey in that sense. I'm not saying either one isn't wrong. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> fucked up on his part. We support domestic violence. Yeah. <laughs> fucking A. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him. fucking, but yeah, that um, that part, I feel like, is what really fucked with like his career and stuff like that. Because at that, that point, sense. I'm sure everybody just kind of pulled the plug. And then yeah. him struggling to just, and I feel like him trying to like up his character, just continue to let him kind of spiral, and that's where I'm like, I feel like now he's Permanent just, insanity. yeah, he's just so far, and he actually was here um, in Boise at a Shakespeare festival, like fuck off, yeah, he was like, because we have this Shakespeare festival every year, and he was here one year, and one of my buddies went there. And, like, he was, like, yeah, dude, it was fucking crazy. He's, like, I went there with my wife, and, like, we were setting up, and he's, like, we're walking around the grass because it's outdoors. And he was, like, and we just walked by, and he was, like, and I was, like, this fucking dude looks like Gary Busey. And he was, like, I just couldn't believe it. And he's, like, so I, like, walked by to pretend like I was just passing through. And he was, like, and I looked down at him, and he, like, looked up at me, and he was, like, that was fucking Gary Busey. And he's, like, he stopped, and he was just, like, are you Gary Busey? And he was, like, yeah, you want a picture? (laughs) And he said that he was just so aggressive that he was just kind of like, nah, I'm good. He was like, I'm just a fan. And he was like, oh, okay. And he was like, well, if you want a picture, I can take a picture. And so he thought like he'd get up and take a picture. And he just sat there and posed and smiled on the ground, just wanted him to take pictures of him. <laughs> so he took a picture of him. And it was just this picture of Gary Busey with his fucking teeth all out, like, ah, like just sitting in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was just like, fucking Gary Busey was in Boise, Idaho, and I missed him, so. Fucking A. We're just going to go talk about werewolves with him next time. I know. If I see him, I'm just going to be like, you have to tell me about how to fight a werewolf. Like, <laughs> I feel like he would, too. <laughs> he would, too. He genuinely would. Yeah, he'd be like, you know, in the original script, I was supposed to kill the werewolf. Yeah, fuck that little cocksucker. <laughs> fuck Corey. Piece of shit. Yeah, fucking Corey Haim. Fuck him. <laughs> He's dead, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, good. <laughs> you know, when they pulled out that little cripple boy, I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to act alongside this. <laughs> he wasn't really crippled, Gary. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell. They're all beneath me. Yeah, you're like, you were the only real crippled in that movie, my friend. So. Both figuratively and literally. Yeah, so fucking Gary Busey, man. But. But yeah, pretty much the the movie just kind of goes from there. Like the the kids end up, you know, they give up their silver so he can turn it into one bullet, and they Stupid. wait it out. And it's funny because it's just so convenient that their parents had to go out in town. And I was like, if it wasn't for their uncle, like if he wasn't in the picture, would they have took their kids with them, or would they left them in that town with just somebody else? Because they would have been so fucked. Oh yeah, that's a good question. Well. Oh. 
Yeah, it's a good thing that they fucking had their sweet ass uncle because yeah, they would have been dead as fuck. Yeah, they would have been. Imagine that little kid just decided to go for a joyride in the middle of the night on his new scooter and didn't have fireworks. That fucking werewolf would eat the shit out of him. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Taking all of his stuff away, he would have fucking yeah, would have been so murdered. So, uh, so they go and they wait it out, and uh, he shows up and they fucking shoot him. And he turns back into the Reverend, which is fucking hilarious because, like, they shot this motherfucker. And if he would have stayed a werewolf, then they could have called the whole town down. And the whole town would have been like, holy Holy shit, shit. the Reverend was a fucking werewolf. But instead, this motherfucker just turns into the Reverend and he's just butt-ass naked. naked. So they just shot this Reverend. He, He broke into their house naked and they shot him. Which, I mean, in that sense, I guess, like... The cops are gonna have some lenience. It's just like that wasn't like they were at his house. Like he was straight up naked in their house. And yeah. so I feel like a little boy being like, Yeah, this fucking Reverend showed up naked. Like we thought I he walked, was on drugs. Yeah. Like he busted in the house. He's he like touch me. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, I watch the news, dude. I know what these motherfuckers <laughs> are up to. Like <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hit. No, actually that was like the fourth time that it hit. It hit once in the early 70s that fucking priests were touching little boys. Oh, okay. Hit again a couple times in the 80s. I think once maybe in the late 90s, but for sure there was one in the early 2000s. The yeah. South Park made fun of it, and it was the funniest yeah, fucking thing ever. I about to say, that shit was cracking me up. Yeah. But fucking, so yeah, um... I'm assuming that's the story they went with because there's no fucking way people are going to think he was a werewolf. Yeah. Like, and so. it's, I mean, they could literally say anything. It's three against one. Yeah. And the dude's fucking dead. So it's like. Yeah. And he's naked in their house. Yeah. So. I'd have left his ass there. I'd have been like, yeah, go call the cops. Fucking, they show up. They're like, what the fuck happened here? I don't know, dude. Just fucking, fucking just broke in, butt ass naked and might have been on PCP. Like threw me into that fucking bookcase over there. Yeah. And, you shot him, yeah. Nephew shot him, so shot him in the fucking eye twice. Yeah. Shot him in the eye twice. That dude got him fucking twice. That kid has some crazy. That's aim. my thing. He fucking hit him with a bottle rocket in one eye, and then later on in the film, shoots him with a silver bullet in the other eye. In the other it's eye, like, yeah. Fucking a, dude. This little bastard's just aiming for eyes. It's fucking yeah. yeah it's that's like if I gone, can't walk, so. you can't see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what he does. He just goes outside and just shoots the eyes out of things. He's just like practicing. <laughs> Practice. Uh, One day they will understand. Uh, but yeah, the fucking movie, like I said, I was like, aside from being dated in some aspects, like a lot of the scenes were really cool. Like there's a scene where the second guy or third guy who got killed, um, he was walking through his greenhouse. Yeah. He had a bunch of pots and shit like that. And I was like, I like the way it was filmed. There was like a little bit of fog in the air that was coming through and like the light was shining through that. Gritty. And like, yeah, it was gritty and it was claustrophobic. So it kind of helped with like the tenseness of him like being in there lurking. Um, and then, like I said, the fucking that church scene when they bury the little boy. I was like, something about that scene. It was so dated, but like it was also just so like fucking gothic i loved mm-hmm. it like all the fucking candles the red background like the fucking pearled fucking casket like yeah it looked really nice and the music was also very interesting yeah i didn't even write that down on the board but i was thinking about it the whole time the music was odd yeah there was parts that really fucking hit like 
there was parts where it felt like the music kind of helped it have that like fever dream fucking aspect to it right and some parts where it was tense and then some parts where it was just goofy and really out of place and you know i'm so thankful that like obviously there's still like you know created scores and shit like yeah. nowadays but like Back in the day, everything was a created score, and some of them were real fucking miss. Yeah. Big miss. Some of them were just done by people. Well, a lot of the horror movies, too, was that, like, it was weird because there was films coming out where, like, the score was, like, fucking crucial. Like, the first Friday the 13th, absolutely crucial. Yeah, like, big. that fucking, it makes that movie. Same thing with The Exorcist, like... Shit, like, that was coming out, but there were still films where they would get these guys on, and when you read into it, you're like, these motherfuckers play the keyboard, like, just as a hobby, and they were <laughs> like, do you want to score a horror film? Like, yeah. it was just kind of fucking, so it's kind of nice they take it pretty serious nowadays, but, and, you know, and there's a lot of few guys who were taking it serious, and it was like, there's some fucking shit, like, over in Italy, because they had a goblin and, like, some other fucking people over there that are writing shit, and so I was just like, they were able to have soundtracks that were fucking killer. Yeah. Because there were actual fucking bands that were super talented and knew what they were doing with that shit. That's my thing, too, is that, like, if you get, like, even a minor orchestra to, like, do shit, fucking, it always ends up working out because yeah. you can be really creative with it. But, like, when you, when you got one guy with the keyboard, you get, like, yeah. a fucking really upbeat, like, track to, like, And that was the moments. thing, yeah, because this guy was obviously one person. And, like, the soundtrack is fucking 80s movie shit and TV oh, yeah. shit as fuck, too. Like, there's so much familiar music that sounds like it could have easily been in, like, any Anything. kind of fucking yeah. shit during that 80s. time, yeah. But then there was just stuff where, yeah, it was and nothing against it. He was talented. He knew what he was doing. It yeah. just was bad for that film. It reminds me of, so I'm pretty sure somebody put it on here in one of these one-star reviews, which aren't all one-star, but fucking, it's like, it really reminds me of Goosebumps. Yeah. Like, just all those old 90s Goosebump shows, like, just classic fucking, very old-looking, same concept, fucking... Yeah. Tragically Canadian, fucking yeah. just very poor acting. Like it seemed like it would be on par with like pretty much any R.L. Stein show. Yeah, that is true. It kind of just a little more adult version of it. So for Fear Street. Yeah. <laughs> Fear Street's okay. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Did you guys finish it? Yeah, it was actually pretty dope. So the twist ending isn't like too insanely twisted, but like you kind of see it coming. I saw it coming from like the second movie. Yeah. Like, right at the beginning. I was like, oh, fuck, I know who's doing this shit. But then, like, I also saw the ending of the end come. So, like, fucking, it's not necessarily a spoiler, but at the very end, there's, like, a book of spells that's, like, connected to Satan, and it just is sitting at this crime scene. They left it there for whatever fucking reason, just a pair of hands grabs it and fucks off, and it's like, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah. It's, you could see just it's so generic as you can see it coming a mile away which kind of sucks with that stuff that was funny with this movie too because megan had never seen it before mm. and she guessed who the werewolf was like yeah. right fucking away and i was like it's because they make him so sketchy yeah. like to be honest i thought he was a hispanic dude the whole time yeah and then he's just like he's got like a shitty southern draw yeah like, it speaks very like I can't even describe like what kind of fucking way he speaks, but it, it's like it reminds me of like and, like proper. Yeah, it reminds me of like a plantation owner, like how yeah. they always portrayed them, like where they're all just like with that southern draw and that like fucking 
holier than thou fucking bullshit. So, but uh, fucking yeah, that guy was uh, right off the bat. So that's just one of those ones where you're just like fucking. It's it's pretty easy to guess that one, and it just sucks because I found a lot of shows like that where I was just like, oh, it's probably this person, like right off the bat. Oh yeah, I mean I do that. A fuck ton And like My thing is that You've watched enough You kind of just see All the fucking yeah. Common tropes Coming out of You know A mile yeah. away But it's nice When they fool you Yeah It's really nice Like you could spend The whole fucking film Being like That fucker did it I Yeah know, I'm, You know Just keep watching You'll see He did it And then it gets to the end and it turns out It wasn't It was either Him and somebody else Or it wasn't them at all And you're just like Oh fuck They got yeah. me <laughs> It's not like that surprising, but you're just like, damn it, I really thought it was that fucking person. Yeah, which that shit fucking sucks, man. Kind of, especially when you guess it really early on, and then you're just like, well, fuck, now I'm going to spend this whole time just like trying to piece it together myself and yeah. being like, yep, okay. Yep. Uh, so, confirming what I already knew. I would say, well, fucking. It reminds me, like, one of the good examples that I could choose would be, like, not knowing Sleepaway Camp for the first time. Oh, and yeah. And seeing that shit and then getting all the way to the end, you're like, Oh yeah, and then like it. I mean, it's you can still kind of predict it, but you're like, I mean, this bitch is weird. Yeah, but I don't think she's killing people. And yeah. then you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, I got Aaron with that one yesterday. That was great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one that I've seen before, and I was like, shit, I can't think of one off the top of my head that actually fucking. Really Something got me. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan, you? Yeah, I was about to say. Because I know, like, big ones would be, like, usual suspects, but I kind of saw that going. I was like, Kevin Spacey's always the shadiest motherfucker. He like, really is, yeah. So. And he likes touching little boys. And he likes to, yeah, fuck him, too, so. Um, what's the other one? You know, funny enough, the first time I watched it, because I wasn't expecting them to pull a parody of the usual suspects in the film, scary movie. Yeah. When I watched that the first time and fucking Doofy walks out all suave at the end, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Um, fuck, why can't I think of other fucking films like that shit? So. I don't know. So I was about to say Friday the Thirteenth was one, but that was like very obvious. Yeah, and Pamela well, Voorhees was kind of a little unstable. So, yeah, yeah, she kind of was. <laughs> you know, funny enough, nobody has ever. I know this is completely way the fuck off topic, but I don't know why nobody ever went into like the backstory of Pamela Voorhees and shit. Like, you know, her fucking kid died, but like, you never got to enjoy the fact that. Well, not enjoy the fact that her kid died, but like enjoy the <laughs> fact that she was like like the stages, like her grief, her going through like yeah. how distraught she was that like the the counselors had let her children die or her child die and shit, like dealing with police and nobody fucking helping her, and then finally her just snapping and being like, "I'm killing everybody, fuck yeah. this shit." You know who ended up doing that shit? Huh. That fucking video game company that made that Friday the Thirteenth game. Oh, they did. Yeah, they That's they're tight. called the Pamela Tapes. And literally, it's, like, fucking her sessions with, like, police investigators and her, like, being, like, why won't you fucking help me? And, like, they killed my son. And they're, like, they accidentally let your son drown. It's, you know, just they're teenagers, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. And fucking she's, That's like, fucking tight. Yeah. Uh, Don't know why the fuck a lot of, for whatever reason, like, good, solid backstory like that, like, lore into fucking the madness. I find that fascinating. Fucking, yeah. It'd be amazing to see, like, 
you know, I mean, obviously you get like other ones in other films, but like generally it's progressed across like several films yeah. in the series. It's never just like, all right, this is the introductory film. This is what happens. This is why this person's like that. It's like the 15th film. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, you know, the reason why he's killing people is because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fucking thanks. Yeah, that would have been cool. You know, yeah. yeah. Could have just told us in the first film and then just continue the story. Like, it's yeah. cool. The film's solid. I'll continue watching it. Like, but yeah. should explain all that shit in the beginning. So <laughs> I just, I don't know. I find, I find shit like that really interesting. And it's interesting to see that, like, even though, I mean, it's so far gone and shit, like, um, it's so far past the original Friday the 13th that somebody came up and created an idea. It's something that gives yeah. you a little bit more backstory than you had initially. Which is cool because yeah. you know those guys who originally wrote the story. Like, I mean, obviously the people who wrote the first one weren't even planning on it going past that. No, fuck like, no. They were like, well, this is it. Like, we'll see what happens. If people love it, people love it. And yeah. they did, so... That's like a lot of early filmmakers and shit, especially with horror, because I mean, it was such a fucking niche like back then. That yeah. Good luck. Yep. You know? And it's funny because usually they fucking put something out there that they're not sure if it's going to be, and then it ends up taking a hit, shit. and then they fucking murder it in the fucking sequels, anyways, where they're oh, just yeah. like, well, why the fourth film in this fucking series already starts to suck. So. Yeah, that's the hard part, too, is that, like, if you get one really creative idea, you can't continue to rework that idea. Yeah. That shit needs to be a one and done. Yep. And I hate to say that because a lot of fucking, like, my favorite, you know, film series, essentially, like, I, as stupid as they've gotten, they're still really interesting to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Love watching the shit out of yep, them. Yep, same here. But, like, in terms of, if, if you're going to create one movie and it's successful... Why would you try to recreate that in a second film? Yeah. It's like, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, just go into that shit. Come yeah. up with another one, you know? Yeah, something different. Like, so. for instance, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Fantastic independent film. Fucking blew people's minds. Everybody wanted a second one. Took fucking 12 years to get a second one, and it didn't blow people's minds. No. So. And it was just one of those things where it's just like, nobody wants to do something really great and then just keep going back to it. That's like, my thing. That's like when people are like, oh, fucking, you know, this artist came out with new music and it's not like their old shit. It's like, I get that fucking we all like their old shit, dude. But like, if you're going to sit there and expect them to pump that out every fucking album for the next 15, 20 years, good fucking luck. Yeah. Your taste is going to change. Their taste is going to change. Sorry, you're not into it And that's it the fucking thing, because then it's just like, then you get stuck with shit like Eminem, where it's like, he's been writing the same fucking album for like Ever. years, yeah. and yeah, you're just one kind of One comedy like, song, fucking yeah. a bunch of diss tracks, And a bunch yelling. of like, and then one like, his emotional song, yeah. and, and stuff like that, where you're just like, it's the same fucking formula. Every time. And there's a lot of people where it comes out like that, and I was just like, just like musicians, where it's just like, something will come out, and you're just kind of like, oh man, this is the same shit, yeah. like... I want to see, because that's the thing. It's like, I get that. That's cool. Like, you definitely want to progress and keep, like, finding things to challenge you or just finding things that just kind of make you feel cool about, like, what you're putting out there. So Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Create, create, um, Creativity-wise, like, could you imagine if your favorite artist just put, like, one of their best songs, that's all they put out every yeah. single time? <laughs> <laughs> like, could you imagine from like the '90s till now, the Wu Tang Clan just kept putting out the mystery of chess boxing? Yeah, 
That's it. Nothing else. They didn't remaster it. They didn't change it. It was just the same fucking thing every time. Yeah. They just re-record it. You know what, though? I probably wouldn't be too upset if it was that. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good song. It is a good song. (laughs) They'd just be like, yeah, just sure. And they're like, isn't the same song as last year? And they're like, nah, dude, we have this new hi-hat. And then I'd be that motherfucker that's just like, but dog, did you hear that new hi-hat? That shit fucking wild. Love it. Ah, it was what was missing last year. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. So, uh, should we get into one-star reviews? I suppose. I'm out of Busey. I was about to say, I couldn't imagine people probably were pretty... Believe it or not, people were not that upset about this film. And that's the thing is, like, I really do like this film. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's a fucking fun film. It's not, like, obviously anything to like totally write home about but because there are parts of it that are just it is really cheesy and goofy but like if you want it's just like one of those things where it's like if you want to see a really fucking well-made solid fucking werewolf film you'll watch a fucking american werewolf like yeah. that's just the thing that movie's just that movie's perfect like there's just no way around that like no. you can't get special effects from fucking rick baker and like that team and everybody that went into that and not expect it. So it's just like, if that's what you want, watch that fucking film. Cause that film's fucking perfect. But this yeah. is like, if you want something that's like different and still fun. Mm-hmm. And like, even though it ends on Halloween, it kind of embodies like small town Halloween and like fall vibes. That's like a really good point. Yeah. I feel like, like every that time was poetic as shit, <laughs> that was poetic as shit. Yeah. This is like one of those movies that I like watching when it starts getting cooler, just because it was like, it just has this vibe of like, fall weather and I don't know it's just it's a pretty cozy film for a subject matter that's not very cozy so not only that they had the fucking midnight what is it midnight or was it 1am the end of broadcast oh yeah yeah for those of you who are too fucking young to know basically TV shut off at midnight yeah literally a sequence where it was just a flag flapping in the wind and then I think they played like the national anthem and then it just cut to fucking white noise that was it and you didn't get it back until like what, like seven six, in the morning? I think six, it was six seven, or seven. Yeah, yeah. it's don't terrifying. Know. Yeah, don't know why. Just fucking. It that's was, what they were doing. It was one of those guaranteed things that would fuck your life up if you fell asleep with the TV on, because mm-hmm. chances are it was gonna wake you up, and it was just gonna be fucking white loud, noise. Yeah. yeah, it was loud as shit. There's a few people who have done pretty creepy twists on it, and it cracks me up because people see it and they'll be like, "That's so creepy," and it's like, "Yeah, this was round, man." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, this really happened. Yeah, that shit was cool. All right, here we go. Let's get in some one stars. I don't know. Emo dork? Emo dork. E-E mo dork, yeah. E-E mo? Yeah, two E's mo dork. (laughs) Two E's mo. (laughs) (laughs) Two E's one mo dork says uh, pitiful. This is uh, the only one star of the entire fucking reviews. This one's from January 5th, 2004. Emo dark. Emo, 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 god damn it, emo dork. E- emo, e- double, double emo dork. Yeah, double emo dork uh, says that this movie is garbage. Everything about it makes me want to watch God's Soldiers, Ginger Snaps, and other horror movies about werewolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything about this movie is bad, just bad. Someone <laughs> should shoot this movie with a silver bullet and kill it. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I better hope you make more than one, boy. Uh, I just thought about like the the DVD that I have, and mm-hmm. while we were watching it, I kept glancing over there and thinking about how much I hate that fucking cover. <laughs> I was like, that would not sell it to me. So when you first pulled up Stephen King's, it's a Stephen King silver bullet, but the Stephen King's part is like huge, and then the silver bullet is like a way smaller font, like underneath it. So they just like were really not trying to sell it. They're trying to sell it on name alone but the picture so the title is behind like fake flames Mm -hmm. and then the picture is a dark blue like a navy blue portrait where there's a moon and then two separate side profiles of the werewolf yeah i didn't even look at so you would think that there were like two werewolves in this fucking film or something like i kind of want to pull that up now yeah see if you can find it um but I was just thinking of that, like, like I was talking where I was just like, yeah, compared to some of that shit, if I would have pulled that one up, which I think I can't remember who did like a special edition Blu-ray release of it, mm-hmm. but they put up a way cooler like cover art for it. So that shit like actually looks really tight. But dude, there's like four of these. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, yeah. They tried to do it like a Stephen King book. That's yeah. why they put his name so big. But yeah, like you said, that shit's like a selling point for whatever reason. And then like the bright-ass flames coming off of it make it really weird. And, and then, then just the picture. It's and, yeah. and they're actually two really awful pictures of the werewolf makeup. Yeah, like the worst ones. Yeah, like the one on, uh, I think it's the left, reminds me of the fucking werewolf boy from Spookies. I was yeah. like, yeah. No, the Catman. The Catman, that's what he was. Um, yeah, that one looks horrible. And then the other one on the left looks like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And then on the back, there's like a, it literally looks like a cat. Um, yelling down at fucking young crippled Woody Harrelson, and then yeah. uh, this photo of Gary Busey literally looks like the Night Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. So. It's really fucking bad. Holy shit! But yeah, fucking yeah, terrible, terrible, not selling cover. So I can no. see that, especially which I'm like, I think the Ginger Snaps DVD cover that I remember seeing at like Best Buy and shit all the time. I remember it being pretty bad too. It kind of seemed like it was going to be like a, like more of like a teen drama kind of thing, mm-hmm. more than what it is. Because Ginger Snaps is also awesome. I like that movie. So what's that fucking one that I really hated? It was like the dumbest two thousands werewolf movie. The Curse. I think was it? I'm trying to remember which one. It's where like the brother and the sister end up dealing with werewolves, but it's like that really preppy bitch from school. Oh yeah, I think I that's what it is. I literally don't remember any other scene from that fucking film except for where they're like trying to convince everybody that the werewolf's real, and everybody's just like, "You're full of shit," and they're like all fucked up in this room, and he's like, "Yeah, it's that bitch, the fucking blah 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 girl," and like the sister's like, "Uh, yeah, that." Ugly, skinny, gross bitch with her fucking <laughs> flat titties. And then this werewolf just like blasts through a window, stands like fucking three stories up, looking down at them through this window, flips them off, and then just jumps out. <laughs> okay. This sounds like the a fuck. Yeah. yeah, this sounds like a fucking werewolf film that they should be writing bad reviews about. So. Right. Oh, I guarantee that one has horrible reviews. Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> so you said that was the only one-star review for Silver Bullet? Only one-star review for Shit. Silver Bullet. There were three two-stars, but two of them were unnecessarily long, so I got one, and then I got the one three-star. Wow. Yep. 
All right, well, I guess we can see what the people that thought it was uh, at least okay enough said. This one's from 2008. This one is by E.D. Dumatel. Dumontel? I don't know. I think they're putting their fucking random username generator and getting some shit. So trying these to, are just like, what the fuck, dude? What'd yeah. you come up with? But uh, he gave two stars and said, uh, titled this one Amazing Race. This one's from August 31st, 2008. <laughs> Amazing Race. <laughs> Another werewolf movie which does not review the su- oh renew the subject. Uh, the highlight, so to speak, is a duel between the monster in his human shape in his car and the boy on his wheelchair slash motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, one can also, at a pinch, credit the film for the thou shall not commit suicide idea, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, Anyway, when the children are involved, uh, there's no suspense. What could happen to them? Teenagers are, so to speak, a better material as Scream and Friday the 13th show. Uh, The film begins with a comment by the girl's voiceover, La Alla Peyton Place, 1957. I guess that's they're trying to compare that to that. I don't know. I've never seen that fucking film. I've never seen that film either. Um, Which continues throughout the story till its conclusion. Yeah, she does come in back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Uh, The unexpected twist. This motherfucker used so many quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Just quotations everywhere. I don't think they know how to use them. Fucking Uh, beast. Are beyond so hackneyed? Yeah, I guess that's what Mm. it is. The writer, Stephen King, should be ashamed of himself. Best worst example, the Reverend's Nightmare. Fuck you, dude. The Reverend's Nightmare was the best part of the whole yeah, film. Yeah, that was. This Gary dude. Busey and the Reverend's Nightmare. Gary this Busey guy, being first. Yeah, this guy. Um, the only asset is the mediocre horror film. Oh, the only asset of this mediocre horror film is Gary Busey's foul mouth Uncle Red. Um, the actor's great com- uh, comedic potential. It's a pity that the film was not treated as a parody. Some scenes were on the verge of spoof. <laughs> that's not bad actually. No, that's not yeah. terrible. No. Honestly, that is kind of it is true. Like I didn't really think about that, but I was like, some scenes in this movie do feel like it's a spoof werewolf film. Like it's them like making fun of like your typical werewolf film. So And that's the thing too, is that like fucking so it feels like that and then on top of that it's like Stephen King's names on it, so it's like the fuck? Yeah. I expect serious from Stephen King. Not only that, like you said, he wrote the screenplay for it. So you yeah. think like it'd be like serious at all points. Yeah. With like little bits of comedic shit in there. Because you're right. Yeah. It was just kind of kill from it. Because it was just like if he wasn't attached to it, then you can kind of like fall into that. But yeah, be like, oh, well, this director just sucked yeah. ass or whatever the case may be. But the only like, thing I can think of is just a fucking. Stephen King himself wanted to make fun of werewolf stories. <laughs> yeah, maybe he hated yeah. werewolves. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to make fun of them low-key. <laughs> I also just like to say that this motherfucker really likes using the name Red because that was the name of the guy in Shawshank. Yeah. That's just what he thinks of. He's just like, Red, that works. Red, yeah. Easy enough, easy to type. So <laughs> Yeah, he could reuse that. Yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot to get the title of this one. So I'm just going to go find it on IMDb because this one's actually a really good one. This is the only three-star review. And uh, the title of the review was? Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make a point to get it, but my phone's only so wide enough that I couldn't screenshot the whole top oh, of it. Oh, shit. So, yeah, this one's actually a little bit longer, but... It was really interesting. That's why I also said that it reminded me of the fucking 
that's why the film reminded me of Goosebumps. Oh, it was from this one? Okay. Yeah, so this one's from The Sar Dash 2, and it's titled Stephen King's Goose Bullet. <laughs> this one's from September 20th, 2009. Uh, the Sar says, whether you call this a Goosebumps episode or a Stephen King light, Silver Bullet seems to be a kiddie's version of a classic werewolf tale. What I like most about this, the stand-up werewolf versus the man who actually turns into a four-legged werewolf in the transformation versus today's CGI laugh-out-loud werewolves. Um, As much as I love the classic horror icon, too many in the past decade have made me roar with laughter versus actually being scared. Okay. Mm. (laughs) For example, uh, Van Helsing and the Underworld films made me snicker. Uh, sure, bullets effect uh, effects left a lot to be desired with the minute, yeah, with the minute budget that they had. Uh, but I'd take a real transformation than a hundred mile hour blur of a computer effect. Uh, unfortunately, that's the only positives about this bargain basement horror feature. <laughs> uh, in a town where apparently a full moon appears for four straight nights, kids come up with a theory of a werewolf without first any physical evidence and a town lynch mob in the woods and a typical fog because they're scared uh yeah because they're scared only to completely forget about it the next day and it's business as usual but wait speed racer wheelchair bound Hyam who can scale trees and walls in seconds is into oh is onto the beast and knows uh, knows when the beast will be onto him i don't get that part but all right um <laughs> Unfortunately, like the laughable four leg or four straight full moon nights, uh, the whole movie seemed rushed. And even with the knowledge that the source material cycle of the werewolf is just a novelette, uh, I still think that there would be tons of substance. Hopefully, at least for the third act, as this one was approximately five minutes and almost completely unsatisfying. Uh, though basically harmless and made for a 1980, yeah, made though basically harmless and made for a 1985 audience. Aside from some language and a tiny bit of gore, uh, this might as well have been PG or worse, made <laughs> made for TV sci-fi channel sweeps event movie. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, not, not too terribly long. And they're not really, too. They're really riffing on this fucking film. I would have to say, <laughs> it's one of those ones where it's like good riffing too because like you can tell they kind of have like a little bit of knowledge behind that shit. Oh, and it's yeah, not just sure. like... Because, like, the first uh, and only one-star review, I was like, it's the same one as all of them. Where it's like them being, like, bad, bad film, bad, bad everything, film, yeah. bad. And it's just like, Suck. dude, like, you got to, like, pick out stuff. Like, Yeah, you can't just tell me that the film sucks and not give me any information yeah, about the film. please tell me why it sucks, but man. I also <laughs> don't need you to go into a fucking, you know, dissertation on the film and explain every single fucking key point to and, the minutest detail. And that's the thing. I think other than the next film that we're doing, I can't think of any film that we've done where it would warrant somebody having to write, like, a fucking scholar's, like, That's review. my thing, dude. Like, fucking <laughs> watching some of these films that we've watched, like, some of the fucking, like, bad reviews or the one-star reviews are just, like, fucking paragraphs long. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, were you really that upset about this film that nobody watched? Like, the fuck are you doing with yourself? <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking stupid. So some of these people, man, I don't know. I was like, I 
kind of glad that I just I see shit like this and I'm like I'll watch it once and if it was really terrible I'll be like well that was a piece of shit oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's that but I will admit though that I do agree with this cat fucking about like the physical transformation is so much better for the classic practical effects yeah. versus CGI CGI fucking transformations have been so boring yeah it's always the same shit bones popping out of place skin ripping open fur appearing the mouth jutting forward it's like fucking cool but like i want to see other shit yeah that one was really cool in this one too mm -hmm. even though you can tell it was like pushing around a latex mask yeah it was still fucking really solid and like you said i take it days over fucking the cgi transformation it, it just looks I don't know why, but it just looks more captivating than like CGI. And watching somebody's fucking like entire body dislocate into the shape of a fucking uh, quadruped, um, I don't know. It just kind of is weird to me. I'm just yeah. watching it like, right, <laughs> cool. Yeah. And it's always like the longest sequence too. Yep. The well, generally the first time, usually between like the second and third time, it's like almost instantaneous for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, like, they just stop after that. Yeah, but like for instance, fucking this dude brought up Van Helsing. I remember watching that shit as a kid and fucking watching him change in, or the guy change into a werewolf for the first time. I was just like, fuck, this is going forever. Yeah. I get it. Every bone <clears throat> is splitting. Cool. Yeah. Like, I get please it. fucking stop. He hurts. So that's yeah, fine. he hurts. And he's screaming. <laughs> and he, now he's howling. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Practical effects just make it more enjoyable. Even as cheesy as the effects were in this one for like certain aspects. Like you said, it was literally like his face was jutting forward, but it was literally just a latex mask yeah. and like being pushed from behind. But great. Looked still good. looked great, man. Yeah. I was still super into it. So watching fucking like they had the the part where like he's turning back into himself after they shoot him in the fucking eye and like all his hairs receding back into his body, like in reverse motion. It, great. Yeah. Love it. It was cool. I will admit that that scene did go on a little longer than I would have liked it to. They just wanted to show you fucking uh, tasteful nudity. Yeah, they did. Naked Taste, priest. Yeah. Really scrawny naked priest. <laughs> Had to see those nipples. Mm. Uh, but I did really like that, the way they filmed it and how they did all that shit in reverse. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, you know, like he, it, it, it does feel like a party at times, but like at the same time, though, it's, it's, it's a really good one. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's one of those films where if you just want to put something on and just kind of... Tune out. Yeah, tune out and just kind of have a, a fun ride, because nothing in it, it's like horrifying. The acting, even in scenes, because obviously when that dude's son gets murdered, that's like a really Aww. serious topic. Yeah, <laughs> but the way he hams it up, it just, it even makes light of like a fucking topic like that. Mm-hmm. And so, child murder, not child that murder, bad. yeah. <laughs> Silver bullets says child murder is not that bad. <laughs> I fucking need to look up this. Uh, I wanted to end this on a Gary Busey quote. So. Hell yeah. Uh, I bought a fucking Point Break shirt from Graveyard Goods, and it's really dope because it's got like a whole back print of like the entire film's like original poster, and then on the front it's got like Point Break and some other shit on there. But they have another one where it's like uh, Bodhi and all those dudes and like the president masks and it says point break and it has like little sections from other scenes. But on the fucking back across the shoulder blades, it's the scene where Gary Busey's leaning out of his car and he goes, Utah, give me two. 
<laughs> fucking tight. And I was like, I kind of want to get it, but I like this other shirt way better. Yeah, that is fucking tight. Yeah. So I, I had a good fucking laugh at that one. Oh, that's fucking tight. All right, so this Gary Busey quote uh, for everybody listening. And remember this. Remember this for the rest of your fucking lives. Oh, shit. Running backwards naked through a cornfield at midnight will show you where you've been. Put that on a fucking wood tablet and hang that up in a basic white bitch's house, and it is fucking solid. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Running backwards naked through a cornfield in the middle of the night will show you where you've been. Uh, well... Technically, it's night now, so I guess the best option would be to just go figure out for ourselves. So I don't think I want to figure that out. All right, well, I am, so I'm about where's to go the, find out where I've been. Where's the nearest fucking cornfield? Yeah, I'll find it. I'll, I'll fucking we live in a farm it. state, so I'll find that shit. I'm getting naked yeah. tonight, so. <laughs> if you put butter on, is it popcorn? Yeah, then you know where you've popcorn. So. <laughs> I know where I popcorn. <laughs> That's even more Gary Busey. That is even That's more like based Gary Busey. I'm about to say I'm gonna outdo his quote tonight. So <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm into that. Uh, but we've been Tales from the Pricks. I'm Matt. I'm Dylan. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs>